Welcome to uh, Palm Sunday, the day we begin remembering Jesus and the most important seven-day period in human history. And these seven days in the gospel describe how Jesus has this stunning love, stunning humility, forgiveness, unselfishness, and courage. Through Holy Week, we see that Jesus is Awesome. He's an awesome savior. But these same seven days show how spiritually weak his followers can be. The events of Holy Week reveal how well-meaning Christ followers can think that they are strong in faith and yet be so completely weak. And we see in the Gospels how over several days, the disciples went from thinking they were all in for Jesus to running scared and frantic and panic like we saw in the video sermon opener there. We know that the disciples had this spiritual weakness because they were honest enough to share what was going through their hearts and minds and all their embarrassing failures are right in the Gospel record. And they share those embarrassing details with us to help us because they understand that the weakness that they experienced in that week involved the same struggles that we face week to week. And their story begins at Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the day when Jesus rode a donkey down the gentle slopes of the Mount of Olives and into the bustling city of Jerusalem. And while he rode down the hill, the followers of Jesus sang his praises, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the king of Israel. And some of them waved palm branches. Uh, Jesus orchestrated the details of Palm Sunday in order to fulfill an Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah and how he would enter Jerusalem gentle on a donkey, not bringing war, but Peace, and so Jesus arranged for a donkey as part of the plan of that Sunday. The praise parade was part of God's plan, but not every part of what became Palm Sunday was initiated by Jesus, like the palms. The use of the palm branches was not Jesus' idea. The waving of the palm branches was something that the crowd just decided to do. And I stress this because when you understand what the palm branches represented, you understand that the use of the palm branches implies that there were some, not all, but there were some people who were praising Jesus with false worship that day because they were under false impressions about who Jesus is and under false expectations of what Jesus would do. When I was growing up as a little boy in Sunday school, Palm Sunday was a favorite Sunday because they would hand us kids out each a palm branch. And uh, being uh, a little energetic, boy, you know what me and my friends would do with the palm branch, right? We would hit each other with it. And uh, we would like hit a guy in the face and say, happy Palm Sunday. And uh, the teachers would say, no, 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 it's not happy Palm Sunday, it's Hosanna, Hosanna. And so we would whack each other in the face and say, Hosanna. 
And it was all fun and games until somebody, you know, started to cry and said, I just got Hosanna right in the eye. <laughs> and the teachers would say, the kids, these palm branches are not weapons. They're symbolizing praise for Jesus. And I believed my teachers until... I grew up and uh, studied the history of what waving those palm branches really represented. And guess what I found out? I found out that we kids were closer to the truth than my Sunday school teachers. Because in the first century, waving a palm branch in this kind of context, this kind of parade entering Jerusalem, was waving a political weapon. Waving a palm branch was like waving a banner calling for the overthrow of the Roman occupiers of Jerusalem. That's because 200 years before Jesus, Jerusalem was occupied by the Seleucid Empire, uh, a branch of the Greek Empire. And until a Jewish leader named Judah Maccabee hosted a, a revolt, and the Maccabean Revolution was so successful that they kicked out uh, the uh, Greek occupiers, and they set up their own Jewish government and minted their own coins. And guess what symbol was on those revolutionary coins? That's right. It was palm branches, because... Uh, when the Maccabeans were victorious, they paraded into Jerusalem, waving uh, as a parade of palm branches, which means that when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, at least some, at least some of the people waving palm branches were not so much praising Jesus as they were making a political claim about Jesus that was completely false. At least some of them were hailing Jesus as a military leader who was going to come and beat up the Romans, overthrow the government, and bring in freedom and the good life for God's people. And with these palms, the Romans were getting Hosanna right in the eye. And as far as we can tell, one of the people who had a palm and false expectations of what Jesus would do and false impressions of who Jesus was, was his disciple named Peter. And again, we surmise this about Peter through his own, his own honesty, his, his own embarrassing details that he supplies in the Gospels of how during Holy Week, he thought that he was spiritually strong when he was actually spiritually weak. In fact, Peter gives us so much information that we can imagine what he'd say if he was interviewed in Jerusalem right after that palm parade. Uh, Simon, so uh, what's, what was happening out there? Yeah, my name is Simon, but uh, everybody uh, calls me the name that Jesus gave me, a nickname. Peter means the rock, and that's who I am. I'm rock solid as a follower of Jesus. How could I not be? I come from uh, Galilee and a lake up north where I was a fisherman, and I saw Jesus calm that storm on, a, on that lake that I'd fished for Lots of years, and Jesus calmed a storm with just a word. I saw Jesus walk on the water of that lake. I saw Jesus feed 
thousands of people from a little kid's lunchbox. I saw Jesus heal hundreds of people. And that's why we're all here. We're all here uh, parading Jesus into Jerusalem because we believe that he is the one that we have been waiting for. He is the promised king. And he's gonna come and set up his kingdom and I am gonna be right at his right hand as his rock. And if there's some wealth and power that come to me in the process, so be it. But uh, I'm not in it for the greediness. I'm in it for the greatness. Jesus is making me great in his kingdom. Now, just because I'm becoming great in his kingdom doesn't mean that I understand everything that the king says. Jesus is always talking about dying, uh, about how the father is sending him to Die, And I keep saying, Jesus, you know, we all know everybody's going to die. And see, one of my roles is to quickly change the subject every time he brings up death. Because a guy like Jesus shouldn't be talking about death, especially after what he did a couple of days ago. Uh, our friend, Lazarus, he died. He got sick and died. He was stone cold, not in a coma, stone cold dead in the tomb. Four days, Jesus came to the funeral he spoke some words to the tomb, and Lazarus came out of the tomb, alive, completely alive. And so that's why I say Jesus shouldn't be thinking about dying. It's those Romans who should be thinking about dying, because Jesus is going to overthrow them, and he's going to be the king. And I'll be right next to him, because I'm the rock. How about you? That's, uh, that's Peter's story. What's your story? Peter thought that he was so spiritually strong when uh, he was not. Peter was weak. Uh, and this palm parade was just one of three locations where Peter showed how weak he really was. Uh, the, next, uh, the next location that showed Peter's weakness uh, is, is, is gonna be in the garden. But let's stay with this parade here for a moment. Uh, on Sunday, he is worshiping Jesus, not for who he is. Peter is waving a palm based on his selfish expectations of what Jesus is going to do for him. Peter was weak, and he didn't know it. He didn't know that he and Jesus were going in the opposite direction. That's spiritual weakness. Spiritual weakness is me praising my plans for greatness, and then asking Jesus to just bless it all, which he will not. Peter is weak because of his misguided expectations of his greatness in the kingdom. We know that Peter had greatness on his mind uh, because of what happens later in the week. On Thursday, Jesus gathers his disciples uh, in an upper room for a Passover meal. And we're told a dispute at this meal arose among the disciples as to which of them was considered to be greatest. And this, I'm greater than you are in Jesus' new kingdom, probably started as they began choosing places where to sit around the Passover table, because in those days, uh, there were Passover seats of high honor, and there were Passover seats of low honor, and the person at the lowest honor was to be the servant who would wash everybody's dusty feet. But in the middle of their dispute, 
Jesus got up, wrapped a towel around him, knelt down with a bowl, and washed each of his followers' feet. And you would think that Peter would say, wow, Jesus, thank you. But John's gospel reveals that Peter responds to Jesus with more like annoyance. Why? Because in Peter's plan, Jesus is supposed to be a beat-up-the-bad-guy king, not a foot-washing servant. And it just gets worse for Peter as, they, as the meal comes to an end and they start walking toward the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, and Peter uh, is pulled aside by Jesus and Jesus says to him, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny you know me three times. And Peter thinks he is going in the same direction as Jesus and so protests, Jesus, I am the rock. If everybody else falls away, I will never disown you. I will never deny you. Which leads to the next location of Peter's weakness, in the garden. Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane to pray. In those traumatic moments before his arrest, Jesus pulls Peter aside along with James and John and he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Then Jesus returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you, Jesus said to Peter, couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Jesus called Peter to join him in prayer, but Peter fell asleep. I love how Jesus describes prayer in this context. Peter, keep watch with me. Peter, couldn't you keep watch with me? That's what prayer is. Prayer is being with Jesus, and this is where true spiritual strength in Jesus comes from. It comes from being with Jesus and watching with Jesus day in and day out. And spiritual weakness, well, spiritual weakness is just letting down my guard and getting uh, to this place where I drift slowly from Jesus and lose consciousness of moment-to-moment consciousness of his power and presence in my life. And when Peter woke up, soldiers had entered the garden to arrest Jesus. And again, he still thinks he is spiritually strong. And so thinking that he's strong, he takes out his sword and he starts to whack at the first person he sees and closest to Jesus. The gospel says that the guy Peter hit was named Malchus, who was the servant of the high priest. Uh, Peter was aiming to decapitate Malchus, but he just got an ear. Uh, Jesus said, Peter, put your sword away. And then Jesus reached out and he actually healed the ear that was wounded on Malchus. Peter thought he was being so strong in the garden, just like I do. You know, when I lash out out of anger and frustration, thinking that Jesus' uh, plan is my plan, and I'm so wrong. Peter wasn't strong. I wasn't strong in those cases. Peter's not being strong. He's not listening to Jesus. He was disconnected from Jesus and his plan. He was weak. A weakness that culminates in the courtyard. From the garden, Jesus was led to the home of the high priest uh, where he was beaten and tried. 
And Peter wasn't allowed to go into the house, but he could hear everything that was going on in the courtyard. He sat there listening, and a servant girl came up to him and said, aren't you one of the followers of Jesus? And Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. And a man was keeping himself warm by the fire, looked at Peter and said, I think I saw you with Jesus. And Peter said, somebody else, not me. And then some others made the same suggestion. And then Peter began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. And immediately, the rooster crowed. Peter started the week thinking that he was so strong, but when the rooster crowed, Peter knew how weak he was. But why? Why did Peter deny Jesus? If we were to interview him after the cross and after Jesus rose from the dead, I imagine that Peter would say something like this. People ask me why. Why did I deny Jesus? People assume it was because I was afraid. Well, I have my fears, but uh, you know, just hours before I denied Jesus, I confronted a small army that was coming to arrest Jesus. I took out my sword and started swinging. I wasn't afraid. I denied Jesus from something else, my disappointment, my disillusionment. I heard everything that was happening in Caiaphas' house. I heard them mocking Jesus, condemning Jesus, beating Jesus, and everything within me was in that courtyard saying, Jesus, just do something, say something, prove them who who you are, do a miracle, show them that you're king, show them that you're great, that I'm great. When I denied Jesus, I said, I don't know the man. And I was telling the truth. That's because the Jesus I was following was not the real Jesus. It was a Jesus that I had made up in my head. The real Jesus had a plan that was infinitely bigger and better than my plan. But I was a rock that was too thick to hear him, too thick to follow him and his plan. But now, Jesus is alive. And Jesus is filling me with his spirit and he's teaching me what it means to be spiritually strong. To be spiritually strong means that I yield to him even when I don't understand. It means that I give up my plans to follow his plans. And I find that the more I trust in Jesus as my rock, the more I become the Peter that I really want to be. That's Peter. How about you? So often we come to a week like this and we think that we are spiritually strong when we're not. What's the truth for you? Peter calls me to follow him to these three places where I can honestly evaluate where I am with Jesus and how strong my connection with Jesus really is. So I start in the courtyard and I ask, am I standing for Jesus? Seriously, if I think that I am spiritually strong and yet the people I know don't know that I know Jesus, I'm fooling myself. But like Peter, I can grow 
in spiritual strength just by asking Jesus to fill me with his Holy Spirit of boldness so I can publicly stand for Jesus in the courtyards of my life. If you do this, if you ask Jesus to strengthen you by filling you with his Holy Spirit, get ready. Because the first question, the first thing that Jesus is going to ask you to do is be baptized. And whatever you do, don't refuse him this. How can I be empowered by Jesus to stand for him before the doubters of this world if I won't even follow his command to stand before the believers in the church? If I have not been baptized, according to Jesus' call to do so as a believer, if you've not been baptized, then go directly from this room to the prayer room, right after this hour of decision. And go to the prayer room, where in a few brief moments, we'll get you ready to be baptized here on Sunday morning, May 12th. It will be the first step to becoming spiritually strong and not just thinking that you are. Am I spiritually strong? Well, then I'm gonna stand for Jesus in the courtyard. Next, I follow Peter into the garden. Am I watching with Jesus? If I think that I'm spiritually strong, but I don't spend time with Jesus throughout the day, I'm fooling myself. Jesus says, don't go from week to week. Grow strong by getting in the habit of spending time with me and watching me work through you as you listen to me, as you converse with me, as you share with me in a moment-to-moment relationship. Prayer is not keeping a list. It's a relationship with Jesus. With Jesus, don't drift into a spiritual drowsiness. Watch and pray, Jesus says. Pray and watch as I work through you to make you spiritually strong. Finally, I evaluate my spiritual strength in the praise parade uh, of Palm Sunday. Am I trusting in Jesus? The cause of Peter's denials on Thursday traced back to his false worship on Sunday. On Palm Sunday, Peter wasn't praising Jesus. Peter was praising what he expected Jesus to do for him. And when Jesus did not meet Peter's expectations, Peter collapsed in spiritual weakness. The same thing goes for you and for me. It is possible for me to come here on Sunday and bring a false worship, a false worship that leaves me weak throughout the week. This is worship where I praise Jesus for his part in blessing my plan for greatness. This is worship where I Worship him expecting certain things, that he will protect me from all sicknesses, that he will bless my finances, that he will remove my difficult circumstances. But what happens in the courtyard of disappointment and disillusionment, and I get a grim medical report, I lose my job, or my world seems to be falling apart. Just like Peter, my false worship makes me collapse in spiritual weakness. But the opposite is true with true worship. In true worship, I am built with spiritual strength. In true worship, I say, I don't say, hey God, 
you're created to serve me. No, in true worship, I say, God, I am created to serve you. God, you do not exist to fulfill my plans. I exist to fulfill your plans that are infinitely bigger and better. True worship is not praising God, a God that I make up in my head. True worship is loving the one who made me the one who makes me spiritually strong so I can stand for him, so I can watch with him, and I can trust in him from week to week, in the good times and the bad times, in the easy times and the hard times, from week to week, I can become spiritually strong if I truly worship. We wanna thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.